Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host, I am Shemaine Linney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker. And I hope you're really well on this chilly December afternoon and I hope you're all enjoying the holidays with your loved ones. It has been cold in Alberta these last few days so you may hear me sipping on some bone broth but I'm sure you'll understand because it's like minus 40 outside. So this is going to be the last episode of 2021. Can you believe we're already at the end of another year? And I picked this topic to be the last topic of 2021 because I think it's very fitting for you to understand this topic going into the new year to help us maximize and optimize your health goals. So this topic, of course, is about carb and fat combinations and should you do it before i go on i must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes so this is the topic that i feel most of my clients and my followers think of me as the wicked witch of the West when I say this. Fat and carb combinations. I've been saying this for a long, long time. I've been teaching this for a long, long time. My clients can attest to this. This is not just some new crazy notion that I've came up with. I've been saying this for a long time, at least since 2016. And now we're heading into 2022. So six years is a long enough time. But fat and carb combinations, should you? Is it a good idea? In my opinion, no, it's not. And here is why. Fat and carbs are fine to be eaten in isolation. But what happens when you eat them in combination? And I think a lot of you are going to want to sit down for this. Because even if you're a client or student of mine, you may have heard me say this before, no fats with your carbs, unless blah, blah, blah. But you never quite understood what it was. So this episode's going to go more in depth on that. So first, in order for us to understand the main idea, well, one of the main ideas why carb and fat combinations are a bad idea, we need to understand what lipopolysaccharides are. Lipopolysaccharides, or LPS, as you might hear them refer to, they're bacterial cell fragments or bacterial toxins, and they cause inflammation and a host of other health issues. And they're normally housed in the gut but they can become toxic if they enter the bloodstream through infection or through a leaky gut or maybe through hitching a ride on some other molecule. So lipopolysaccharides, they're 
also found on the outer membrane of gram-negative bacteria. So these would be what we would consider bad bacteria like E. coli or salmonella. And we all have some sort of lipopolysaccharides in us, but how healthy you are depends on the amounts you have and the damage they can cause. So if you get a ton of lipopolysaccharides, let's say you're infected with a bacteria or a parasite or you have really bad diet, then you're going to experience a lot of inflammation uh, and the overall feeling of illness and damaged cells and low energy, which will be poor mitochondrial function. Um, and basically this is going to be a big driver of disease in the body. So studies have shown that another way we'll increase lipopolysaccharide levels is, you guessed it, a high fat diet can significantly increase lipopolysaccharide levels. And if you want to know what study I'm referring to, the title of this study, you'll find it on PubMed. It is titled, Dietary Patterns Reflecting Healthy Food Choices Are Associated with Lower Serum LPS Activity, and this was published July 2017. So this is the study I'm referring to right now. In addition to that, if the fats are consumed in the presence of a high amount of carbs or carbohydrates, particularly starchy or sugary carbohydrates, which would be what we would say a high fat, high carb meal, lipopolysaccharide levels in the body can skyrocket. So when you process carbohydrates in your gut, in the presence of fat, the fat creates a coating around the glucose molecules and they both travel around the body delivering lipopolysaccharides. So they basically mess shit up. So they're driving up and delivering inflammation and oxidation and glycation, which we don't want. Glycation is what causes aging and tissue damage. So basically, the fat molecule in itself gets used as a delivery system for the carbs, which become inflammatory in your bloodstream and just tear up your body. So now we know what lipopolysaccharides are and how their levels increase with the combination of fat and carbs. We're going to experience severe inflammation. Why else? Should we avoid this combination of foods? Well, foods that carry a 1 to 2 ratio of fat to carbs have a synergistic effect on the brain. That results in a very noticeable dopamine release in the same neural pathways that respond to addictive drugs. So these are literally extremely hedonistic foods in like a junk food sense. I said that to a client one time about hedonistic tendencies with her food and she she took me up the wrong way. She thought I meant hedonistic in a different way. It was quite funny. But basically the chemical response we get from these foods actually encourages overeating and more cravings. So of course these are foods like 
ice caps, mochas, lattes, milkshake, ice cream, pizza, macaroni and cheese, cheeseburgers, avocado on toast. Yep, I said it. Peanut butter on toast, even nut butter on apple, real cheese, donuts, cinnamon rolls, milk chocolate, cheeseburgers, Big Macs, and so on and so on. So these are all what we would call sweet fats, or in other terms, you could call these types of food adult breast milk. We'll get to that in a minute. But when we combine fat with a carb, no matter how healthy they are in their individual states, you hear what I said about avocado and toast? When we combine them, they make something we call sweet fat. Now, an experiment using real-time real brain scans showed it's not a matter of just liking these foods. Some foods are harder to resist than others. So, and I've said this before to clients, especially when we look at stress eating or binge eating around um, certain times and cravings that it's not necessarily just because you love that type of food. There can be other driving factors and there can be other biochemical reactions that are driving you to overeat or crave these specific foods. But anyway, this experiment using real-time brain scans, it showed that some foods are harder to resist than others. And it's in a way that people are not even conscious of said Dana Small of the Modern Diet and Physiology Research Center at Yale University. She continues to say in an article in the journal Cell Metabolism, we demonstrate for the first time that foods containing both fat and carbohydrate are more rewarding calorie for calorie than those containing only fat or only carbohydrates. So this experiment basically scanned the brains of volunteers based on the food choices they made. Those that chose fat and carb combination foods saw more activity in the quote reward and quote areas of the brain, including the dorsal stratum and the mediodorsal thalamus. So in nature, we all know that in nature, we rarely find carbohydrates and fats together we more commonly find fat and protein together. Now, adult breast milk, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, is a great example. It has a ratio of one to two of fat to carbs. And what do we use breast milk for? Well, we use it to make babies grow fat and grow fast. And the same with cow's milk. Its purpose is to help a baby cow grow. So these sweet fat foods, they do the same. And the key word there really is grow. These foods make you grow in many areas or many aspects of understanding the word in itself, grow. These foods do it. But what else do these food combinations do? Well, we know that the pleasure centers in the brain are highly, highly triggered by these foods and that's why they make us feel so good and we get that serotonin boost and we get the dopamine boost and then they cause us to crave more. And we also know that this combination contributes to poor health. We've got those lipopolysaccharides, we've got inflammation, we've got damage to the gut cell wall. But what else? What about their effects on fat loss? Okay, well, 
before we get into the obvious effects this would have on fat loss, it's important to understand that the body can only burn one fuel source at a time and it has preferential food so fuel sources. So if you're burning sugar, you're only burning sugar. If you're burning fats, you're hopefully only burning fats. If sugar is around, you can't burn fats. So we've got that hierarchy and we've got the preferences. So sweet fats, as mentioned earlier, is also the idea that when we have a carbohydrate with a fat, we get an insulin spike or an insulin response from the carb. Now remember, or this might be new to you, but I don't think it will be, insulin turns off fat burning and turns on fat storage. So our body immediately turns to burning sugar or glucose and stores fat when sugar is around. So if you have, let's say the avocado and toast, your body is going to burn the glucose from the toast and store the fat you have consumed with the avocado as body fat, along with any of the sugar or glucose you have not burned for energy. We also then get a second indirect insulin spike from the fat after the carbs have been digested, causing us to store even more fat. And we store this extra fat because our glycogen and our energy stores have already been repleted or refilled, and there's nothing else to do with the leftover energy except store it for fat. So the insulin response we get from the carbohydrates, that turns off fat burning and enhances your ability to be able to store fat from both the carbohydrates and the fat. So unless you're in a calorically deprived, glycogen depleted state, which most people are not, most of that food, let's say the avocado and toast, is going to get stored as fat. So again, we get an insulin spike from the carb, we also get an indirect insulin spike from the fat, and then we store even more fat, which causes our fat cells to grow even further. So that's a double whammy of insulin and its damaging effects. And then we get the formation of fat, new fat cells, and that's called de novo lipogenesis, and that's driven by another molecule called malonin-CoA. Okay, so if you're not horrified already, you should be getting pretty close. We also need to understand that we release hormones called incretins, which when stimulated, further increase insulin. So incretin hormones are gut peptides, um, they're secreted after we take in some sort of nutrients into our digestive tract and then they stimulate insulin secretion um, and so on and so on. They also have beneficial effects like they can be beneficial for cardiovascular health. Um, incretins when used in therapy form can be great for helping people with weight loss and managing diabetes. But anyway, research shows us that when we consume carbs exclusively, these carbohydrates are going to stimulate our incretins, which stimulate insulin. 
this is on top of our carbs breaking down into glucose and stimulating insulin. So let me just repeat that again so you don't get confused. So when we consume just carbs, the carbohydrates stimulate our increments in our gut, which stimulate insulin. This is on top of our carbs breaking down into glucose and stimulating insulin. So we see this double whammy again of double insulin releases or responses. And then when we consume carbs and fat, we see a further incretin response, which further increases our insulin, which further increases our ability to store energy, also known as fat, even more. So we've got a lot going on there with insulin. We've got the insulin that we would get from just eating the carbohydrates. We've got an indirect insulin response from binding the carbs or the glucose molecule to fat. Then we've also got the incretins response to stimulate insulin. Then we've got another incretin response from the fat to stimulate insulin and just big insulin mess everywhere. And at this stage, we should all know the issues with having insulin imbalances. This is a problem. So um, based on the research, we can categorize that high fat, high carb or high sugar meals would probably be the most deleterious to thing to you and your health when looking at foods. Um, and if you want to make it even worse, you would be using, which is usually the case with most people, those polyunsaturated fats. So just from a pure inflammatory and lipopolysaccharide standpoint, we know that any high fat, high carb meal is bad news. If you suffer with inflammation, if you have aches and pains in the body, if you're trying to lose weight, specifically body fat, because if you have inflammation in the body, you will struggle to lose weight. It induces storage of most of the calories as fat. That's inflammation in itself. And then we've got the lipopolysaccharides that damage the gut and they drive up illness and disease too. There's another paper if you want to look it up just on what I said there. It's titled Enteric Bacteria lipopolysaccharides and related cytokines in inflammatory bowel disease, biological and clinical significance. So that's um, the lipopolysaccharides and how they damage your gut and drive up illness and disease. Okay, all is not lost though. Let's say you're at a normal, stable, healthy weight. You're lean or you have a nice amount of muscle and you're not too concerned about weight loss. And you're relatively insulin sensitive, your inflammation is good, you exercise on a frequent basis, you have basically moderate level physical activity during the day, your health biomarkers are good. So if you're going to have fat and carbohydrates at the same meal, which makes that meal a bit more enjoyable because as we know, we get that, not only the flavor, but also the dopamine production from that. You would choose monounsaturated fats. And that's based on that 
study I referenced earlier in PubMed, dietary patterns reflecting healthy food choices are associated with lower serum LPS activity. If you were, and that's what all the understated I just mentioned, that you're at a good weight and you're healthy and active and so on and so on. If you were to have a bit of fat with some carbs, you would choose monounsaturated fat sources like extra virgin olive oil or olives in a small amount paired with more of a healthy type of Mediterranean or paleo type carb source. So um, in general, extra virgin olive oil going with our non-starchy vegetables or carbs is a great idea butter on your vegetables extra virgin olive oil on your salad this is a great idea but these are non-starchy carbs but if you were going with a healthy type of carb let's say sprouted rice or quinoa you could add a little bit of extra virgin olive oil to that upon cooking um, and that's not going to be too detrimental and then there's also the other aspect that if we add a little bit of fat to that, we are going to increase the resistant starch there. So you're getting less carbs from that carb. So there is a way to manipulate stuff like this. But I want you to remember this is if you're in good health and at a good weight as well. But with all of what I've just said taken into consideration, we now understand why keeping things like cream cakes, pizza, ice cream, and ice caps, etc., to once a week or less is a good idea. Now, I haven't obviously mentioned anything about feast days or refeed days. This is just in general why we want to avoid fat and carbs. And as I mentioned, um, if, if you are in a healthy state but even at that I don't I don't do it myself and a lot of my clients who are even at their maintenance weight they will still continue to avoid fat and carbs because we're basically exposed to so much stress nowadays most of us are very sensitive to getting inflammation and swelling and illness that we just want to stack conditions in our favor as much as possible. So we generally are not combining fat and carbs, even if we are at our maintenance or our goal weight or at a healthy weight. Um, it's rare I will do it unless it's a feast day or a refeed day. But if you were going to do it, then using those monounsaturated fats in a small amount is an option we don't see the elevation in lps as near as we would if we did it in high fat high carbs there is still an elevation but not as much um so to wrap this up if you have excess body fat which is essentially extra usable energy that is stored all over us is it really necessary to continue to eat so much energy in the form of carbs and fat, especially if we're trying to lose weight or body fat? Now, I know this is the logical brain talking and logic doesn't always come into it, but hopefully the education from this episode will come into it when you're making your food choices going forward and chasing those goals in the new year. So basically, we've got, to summarize, 
When we have fat and carb combinations, we're going to increase lipopolysaccharides in the body. That's going to inf increase inflammation, um, cell damage, damage to the epithelial layers, the gut lining. Uh, we also then increase our insulin response almost tenfold when we have fat and carb combinations. And we know that when that happens, then we're going to have metabolic issues. We're going to be potentially setting ourselves up for obesity, diabetes, fatty liver disease, cardiovascular issues, all of those diseases or issues that are associated with insulin resistance and blood sugar issues. And then we also then have the aging aspect of things that these foods can cause us to age and rust, which would be where I said oxidize faster. So oxidation being rusting, if you think of rust on a gate this is what oxidation is and then we have the imbalance of the other hormones and the gut peptides and if your goal is to be your optimal health physically and mentally and to be happy in the body that you see in the mirror having these sweet fat foods is not going to be beneficial for you and it could be one of the main players in what's slowing you down from getting the results that you want and you deserve of course so i'd like you to maybe take notes listen to this again take some notes let it sink in if you want those links to the studies reach out to me and of course i'll send them to you you can find me on facebook at shemaine's model health also on instagram or you can reach me through my website, shemainsmodelhealth.com, and I will send you on those studies I cited. Um, otherwise, I have no doubt that most of you will know someone that needs to hear this information. You know someone that's trying to get healthy or wants to get healthier in the new year. And this information could be the key because really if I was to give you or someone one tip for the new year that I think is going to make a difference, it's going to be this, avoiding fat and carb combinations. Um, and yeah, I have been teaching this for years, but I've never explained it in depth in a podcast like this or in a podcast episode. So hopefully this has clarified a few things and motivated you all more when it comes to making those food choices. And I really wish you all a very happy, healthy new year. I really have high hopes for 2022. I think we all do. So enjoy the rest of the holidays. Let me know if you have any questions. Please share with anyone you think might benefit from this. I this information and i will chat to you guys in 2022 okay stay warm if you're in canada be safe and take care bye bye